John Glennon actually just jumped on with us uh, from Broadway Sports. Mike Grable just finishing up. Uh, but Christopher, the caller, John, we just had a caller on. He mentioned the inconsistency of this team. And, you know, how do you come out and look like one world beaters one week? And then you come out the next week and, and you literally just get run out of your own building by the Browns. Maybe we can start there. Just the inconsistency of this team. And then let's get into some of the stuff that Mike Grable talked about today. Sure. Yeah. I, I think, you know, if, if you divide the team up, I think certainly we're seeing more inconsistency on the, on the defensive side of things to me, you know, the, the offense obviously didn't have a very good first half, but you know, I think we've seen the offense enough by now to know that they're going to kick started eventually that they're going to, sh- they're going to score their share of points during a game defense, obviously a little bit more bothersome with that consistency issue. You know, to me, I thought we had seen some signs of optimism, uh, you know, for the defense in the last few weeks in terms of getting off the field on third downs, in terms of pressuring the, the passer a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, for, for them to, to come out yesterday uh, and, and perform so awfully on, on defense in the first half uh, and, and, yeah, to your point, so inconsistently, I, I think that's the bigger concern right there. And, and if I had to point to one, you know, problem, it would be that that getting after the passer, you know, against Phillip Rivers a week ago, yeah. uh, a guy who's always given them all kinds of trouble. They actually sacked him a couple of times. They hit him six or seven times. And then you go to, to, to Mayfield yesterday, a guy drops back 33 times. He's hit once. He's pressured three times. What? Uh, oh. yeah, just not going to get it done that way. I didn't remember the once. Uh, John Glennon. And I'm not trying to be funny. I really, I, I didn't remember the once. Before before we pass it over to Blade, no. I, 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 this, I, this may be a rhetorical question, but does anything stand out today in the press exchange with Mike Rabel? Oh, uh, you know, I, I think the, uh, the one most memorable answer he had was in terms of, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, what to do about the, uh, the 15 yard penalties. Uh, he, he told, uh, you know, he advised the team uh, not to do uh, a dumb S bleep, bleep, bleep uh, that, that's going to hurt the team. So that's a pretty clear, concise answer on that front. You know, guys that were frustrated, it doesn't matter. You still can't take those those 15 yard penalties. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in terms of, you know, finding a magic answer, a magic solution, I'm not sure we, we heard anything uh, on, on that front. You know, I, I think their greatest challenge right now, um, you know, just given the kind of the limited personnel and what we have seen from them is, you know, can this defense do enough, you know, to, to, you know, to take them on a playoff run? We know the offense can, but can the defense be just good enough? Doesn't have to be great. Can it be just good enough to, uh, to carry them a bit? I'm with John Glennon from Broadway sports. Well, speaking of that, uh, you know, after, you know, yesterday's, uh, you know, performance, it just kind of put a big picture on, you know, Titans are in that eight and four window where they're the team that's not in the league category because of the defense really. Uh, and they're kind of more the middle of the road playoff first round team who really doesn't have all the pieces really to make a run. Uh, whatever you want to say, this is not last year's team, even though the offense probably is better than last year or more consistent. You want to say now that Tannehill's been a quarterback, but uh, I, I really think this team, right when we think they're in that elite category, they always kind of let us down and it's letting us know that who they are is probably a, a first rounder than that first round playoff team. And then after that, you, you have no idea. 
I think it's probably accurate right now. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people probably thought the same of the Titans last year, you know, as they went into the playoffs with a nine and seven record, we knew they were going on the road to New England and, and, you know, possibly to Baltimore next. I think probably most of the, the NFL world outside of Nashville figured out, ah, this is just a one round team. Uh, they're, they're not going to be here for long, but, but we had kind of seen uh, the Titans sort of putting some things together towards the end of last year. And, and again, you know, we saw Titans offense that was excellent, uh, that was dominating teams. And we saw a defense that was doing enough, you know, making red zone stops when they had to, getting off the field when they had to, limiting the other team's points when they had to. But the thing that's missing this year, and, and the reason it's hard to, to say we'll see a repeat performance, is we're, we're not seeing those kinds of things from the defense uh, enough. Uh, you know, we, we thought that they had kind of getting over those, those third down you know, issues. Uh, and then yesterday it, it comes back right up again. You know, the Browns are seven for eight on third downs in the first half, they go up and down the field. Um, so yeah, that's, that's clearly to me, the difference right now. And, you know, I, I again, I, I go back to last year and I think there were, there were plenty of us here in Nashville that thought the Titans could win at least that opening game against new England. You know, we right. weren't certain uh, maybe about Baltimore after that, um, but, you know, I, I think that the confidence had grown. I, I don't feel that that same confidence about this team right now. I, I do offensively, you know, this team, even if it struggles for a half, is going to find a way to ring up some points. But what kind of defense are you going to get, you know, and, and can it get any better during these last four weeks? Well, I guess a couple of things about, you know, some players that are not on the team, and that is uh, Clowney, if it's a possibility he can come back. And I, I guess, did he ever go into the Isaiah Wilson suspension yeah you know yesterday after the game he was asked about Clowney and and said you know he, he sort of indicated he's not ruling out a comeback but he is not expecting a, a comeback either and you know I I, I kind of have my doubts as well it didn't look like uh, Clowney was at the same level you know the, the last game he played as as previous to the injury um, you know, other guys, Isaiah Wilson, he said he would see what they see. You know, he, he, they will kind of evaluate Isaiah this week. It's only a one game suspension. So if Isaiah is back on the right path this week, uh, you know, the, the feeling is that he would be available once again on Sunday. And, and he, he sort of said, you know, it's, it's kind of a fine line. You're walking with Isaiah because on the one hand, you, you know, you're dealing with a kid here, you know, a 21 year old kid who, now Brabel didn't say this, but I will say, who, who seems to clearly have issues with maturity. Uh, so, you know, you have to have some support for a guy who is making mistakes as a kid uh, in his life. On the other hand, you know, you, you can't just let one thing go after another. You have to hold him accountable, uh, you know, because the rest of the team is watching this and saying, why, you know, why would this guy get breaks just because he's a first round draft pick, uh, you know, and he has potential. So Brabel kind of talked about that that sort of fine line, uh, you know, but you get the sense they're, they're doing, you know, all they can with Isaiah Wilson. And that's a good offensive line room too. You know, you've got a lot of quality guys, a lot of good leaders uh, in there. Um, so you, you would like to think the resources are there for Isaiah Wilson to, to kind of, you know, get on track. No doubt about it. Before we let you go though, has anybody taken them under their wing in that offensive line group, at least trying to, you know, give give the big panda a hug or something and have some conversations with them. Uh, you know, pandas need hugs too. They're, uh, they're, they're, <laughs> pandas <laughs> need, they need they need some big hugs. Um, you know, I, I get the sense now we, we haven't heard, 
you know, this year we're not in the locker room, obviously, so we can't walk up to Isaiah and ask him questions. And he hasn't been on a Zoom call all, all year, really, since very early. Um, but in talking with the other linemen on Zoom, you know, Dennis Kelly said, hey, when, when Isaiah went on the COVID list, I, I reached out to him. I didn't want him to feel like he was alone out there. Uh, you know, Nate Davis, we asked him about um, Isaiah just the other day. He said, hey, I, I talked to him. I say, hey, you know, don't worry. Your, your time is coming. You got to be ready when your time is coming. Um, so you get the sense, and, and Roger Saffold said similar things earlier this year too. So you get the sense they're, they're reaching out, their support. I mean, uh, as I say, those are some, some good guys in the O-line room. Uh, I think the, the Panda's got to be uh, uh, available for a hug uh, now too. The, the Panda can't uh, uh, give them a Derrick Henry stiff arm. <laughs> hey, uh, we don't we don't want to stiff arm you too soon, John. Since you jumped on late, can you stay and do a little bit more in the next segment? Is, you got time yes, to do that? Absolutely. Okay, John John Glennon from Broadway Sports. More from him coming up. Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Another segment here with John Glennon. Broadway Sports, who joins us to talk Titans uh, as we try to make sense of uh, the loss yesterday to the Browns and going forward, they've got the Jags this week. Um, one guy that's been a bright spot, John, all year and continues to be. And, you know, we all kind of said, well, if he has a bad year, he's not going to be here. And, well, if he has a good year, he's not going to be here. Corey Davis, and he's, he's trending towards the best year he's ever had. So he's Probably going to price himself out of the market here, but it sure is fun to see a good guy play as well as he's been playing. It really is. You know, it, it seems like in all the previous years, you know, you kind of had to qualify anything you said about Corey Davis. You said, okay, you know, he's not catching a ton of passes, but he's a great guy. He's a great blocker. He's a great mm -hmm. team guy. Now, you know, you don't necessarily have to say all the other things because he is catching some passes, um, you know, and as a pending unrestricted free agent in March, he is ringing up some some dollars right now, too. Uh, you know, you look going into this season, I think he had two 100-yard games combined in three seasons. He's had four already this season, including 182 yesterday. Um, you know, and, and you look at the targets, too. I think he had 11 catches on just 12 targets yesterday. So he was he was kind of the man. Um, you know, I, I go back to the fact that he had a full training camp with Ryan Tannehill this year, last year. He was running with the ones, which was Marcus at the time. So I don't think they ever had that that great chemistry that that uh, Tannehill and AJ Brown did right away. But I think you're you're really seeing that now, and it would be nice to see the Titans, you know, pick him up. I don't blame the Titans for not picking up that fifth year option. I don't think, you know, what Corey had done at the time would lead to picking up that fifth year option. Be nice to see him get a new contract, but a lot of a uh, lot of contracts are coming up, and the Titans are going to have to to allocate that money in, in different ways. No doubt. Uh, they got to allocate some playing time for a guy like Darrington Evans, because it, as we're talking about the break, they're saying he today was, I guess, the deadline for him to be activated off of the designated to be activated off IR list. And what does that make? Six running backs, a cool half dozen? It really does. If you include Kari Blossom game, that's six running backs, assuming they activate Darrington Evans today. Now, I think... Uh, they only have 52 on the active right now. So technically you wouldn't have to make a move if you add Darrington Evans. Um, but nonetheless, it's a little unusual, you know, uh, to have six run backs on, on an NFL roster. I mean, you know, I've seen from time to time three 
so so six is is certainly a, a high one. Everybody seems to have a bit of a niche, but at some point, can you say you know either Dante Foreman or Jeremy McNichols, uh, or or you know can you add Darrington Evans in, in place of, of one of those guys or Sonoris, Sonoris Perry? Is he that valuable on special teams that you have to have him? Um, and then, then you, of course, you know, what are you going to get from Darrington Evans uh, at this point too? I mean, clearly there's a lot of talent, a lot of potential there, but this is a guy who's only played in a couple of games, a guy who like all the other rookies didn't have an off season. So, you know, is he going to be able to make a big contribution down the stretch stretch? Certainly, you know, if he's, a, if he's, a, you know, playing well, he's that guy coming out of the backfield on a regular basis on third down that can, you know, have some real explosive plays, but, you know, I, I I'm not sure we know um, that he'll be able to do that at this point. I'm with John Glennon from Broadway sports here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, JG, man, this is going to be kind of picky, but I, I don't even know if anybody asked this question. I'm just trying to look for reasons how you can start off fast and why uh, Vrabel, and I'm sure he has an explanation of uh, on the coin toss that they won, he deferred to the second half instead of letting his offense go out there and drive down and you know score or move the ball anyway. You know they're going to move the ball. I, I, it was curious because I was watching the game. You can always say it worked out great because they got the ball in the second half and did exactly that. But uh, I, I'm just I just wanted to know his thought process. Did he kind of go into that explanation? He did not. That might be the one question, Blaine, that we didn't get to today. But uh, I, I, I see where you're, where you're coming from on, on that. But I, I just think, you know, it's almost uh, I won't say it's a given, but but, you know, it's getting so much uh, weight now to, uh, to to get that ball when the second half starts. You know, teams yeah. want to have that ability to, you know, whatever's happened in the in the first half. Uh, to be able to, uh, you know, kind of kind of rebound right away when they get the ball, you know, and, and maybe at times to double up, get that score at the end of the first half, mm-hmm. come out at the start of the second half uh, and, and get it again. But uh, uh, I, I think certainly if, if Mike Brable had been able to forecast what his defense was going <laughs> right, to right, 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 uh, right. yesterday, <laughs> I think perhaps he, he, he might have made a different call at that point. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's a catch-22. That's why I asked him. Yeah, man, I'm sure nobody really thought about it. But I thought about it at the beginning of the game because if the strength of your team is your offense, you always want them to ball first if you have an opportunity to do that. And then the second one is still on Vrabel on this question as well, and that is his – it's going to sound bad. His body language on the sidelines was not on par this game. I mean, he really acted like he was defeated at different times. Like, oh, man, another third down they got. Oh, my gosh. Another man, personal foul. These? Oh, man, he just rolled his eyes and looked like he was defeated. He just, I was like, whoa, this is the first time I noticed that. And they kept going really? to him, too, on TV. By the way, this is okay. not that game. This is on TV. Wow. That's it. See, of course, that's interesting because, you know, we're, we're in the in the press box and we have TVs, but, you know, we're looking more live at the at the game than we Dang, are at the right, TVs right. a lot of time. So we don't see that as often. But, you know, generally speaking, that, that uh, certainly that's a surprise because he is about the last guy uh, you, you would uh-huh. think to, to have that type of body language out there. But, man. When uh, when when Cleveland runs up thirty eight points in the first half, <laughs> I guess that that might break. No, that probably did of, it. I mean, the referee too. The referee too was bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw today. Uh, I think it might have been Pro Football Reference had it that that thirty one point lead Cleveland had at halftime tied for the biggest in in franchise history. So when you're in that kind of a hole, maybe uh, maybe that'll tend to uh, to uh, to break a man just a little bit. Yeah, I, I probably would have been on the ground. You know, I, I would have been just waylaying and just pegged, curled like, up in a, in a ball. We can't do anything right. 
what can, can we do right? And I guess lastly, another picky deal. I'm going to go on the offensive side because I feel like, you know, defense, it is what it is. Uh, it, at times at Arthur Smith, and he's done this periodically throughout the season, uh, get a little too cute sometimes on some of the plays. I'm referencing more, you know, the third down to the, you know, and if it worked, he threw to the offensive lineman. Oh, that's great. But yeah, man, let's yeah. get the first down and keep it moving, man. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. And, and again, um, yeah, it's it's a tough call because you as you say, if if uh, you know if Aaron Brewer's wide open and runs forty yards, you think Arthur Smith is a, is a genius, genius out there, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know how often I, I was trying to think back to when the last time I had seen one of those plays called away from the goal line. You know, th- those are fairly right. common there when you're not sending an offensive lineman really into too much space. You're not really expecting too much of them, um, and, and it just didn't work. You know, I, I guess you got to hand Cleveland some credit there they actually covered you know brewer pretty well on the play but um yeah to me then you go to fourth down on that on that play and you go still obviously with the yard to go and you're in shotgun on on that and and, you know that's one of the things i always scratch my head about because look at ryan Tannehill, six three six four guy used to be a wide receiver in college knows how to you know play with contact and so forth at least make the quarterback sneak an option you know, I, I think Derrick Henry is your best bet, and they gave it to Derrick Henry. But, you know, I, I think Tannehill is a viable option in that. And if he's in shotgun, you're not going to get the quarterback sneak. And, and yeah, the other one you could pick at was the, you know, the Cam Batson Wildcat. Right. Eh, you know, and, and again, we've seen that work to some degree in, in the past, but just kind of fell flat on its face yesterday. And, and anytime, anytime you take a chance like that and it doesn't work, uh, you know, you're, you're just setting yourself up for being second guest. And here we are doing it. That's what we do. Yeah. And, and that's just being picky with the offense, really. I mean, sure. the, the, the defense, we can pick up part all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I think another thing too, you know, the, the, the number of fumbles, the number of drops and bobbles, yeah. you know, we saw yesterday in the offense, I think is something that needs to be corrected too, especially, you know, AJ Brown is such a good receiver and has done so many good things. You know, all of a sudden, some of these drops are showing up, you know, fairly, fairly frequently. So I think that's he's got to get a handle on that. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of player issues uh, yesterday. <laughs> JG, good stuff, man. Uh, at Glennon Sports on Twitter, Broadway Sports, uh, John and a whole bunch of other good people doing great work over there. Man, we appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out. Extra segment with us. Appreciate okay. you guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.